Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Colts Cover 2 Podcast. I am Joel A. Erickson. I'm joined by Nate Atkins. We are taping this on Thursday afternoon, shortly after uh, the news broke. Uh, Shane Steichen broke it for us the, uh, that Anthony Richardson will start against the Buffalo Bills on Saturday, making the first preseason game uh, must-watch uh, in, in ways that it probably wasn't before. I, I don't know. I haven't looked, honestly, to see who the Bills are going to play. Uh, I'm assuming the Bills, being a, a playoff contending team, are probably not going to play as many, but I, I don't really care. Um, whoever they play is going to be, you know, guys that are probably going to play for the Bills during the regular season. And the difference, so to me, the difference between Anthony starting the game and playing the number two is, is fairly significant in terms of competition, regardless of whether or not, you know, all of the Bills frontline guys are out there. Yeah, I think it's a nice step for him just to kind of be in that moment, be in that game setting, lead a team out of the tunnel onto the field and through the game flow that, in their mindset in that moment is simulated to be like a game. So for as long as he's in there, he is trying to, you know, come out with a lead and, and he, he kept bringing up winning the game, which of course like ultimately is not going to be the story, but it's fun to watch him in that moment. He hasn't had a lot of those. He only of course started 13 games at Florida. Uh, just a very up and down college career for him. So it's, it's nice that they're putting him in there now uh, because they've kind of, they've, they've played out the string. I thought a lot on this, quarterback competition with Gardner Minshew where for a while it made sense but at a certain point it just looked like Anthony's the better player the guy who has his own version of a floor because of what he can do as a runner uh, but also introduces ceiling with what he can do scrambling out and throwing down the field a ceiling that I you know I don't think we've seen as much when he's not out there so uh, it just be fun to see how he plays how he adjusts within this and then also as we, we talk about like they're there's going to be a lot on him just in this, in terms of producing within this offense right now, because the running backs, they don't have, they're without their top three guys right now. And so that was going to be a way to ease him in was maybe go heavy run game and, and kind of be, it's, it's just a little harder to make him the game manager. So I'm curious to see what gets put on him and what he's able to do with it. Yeah. What they let him do or what they put out there would be really interesting to see from this, this preseason game, because I mean, I think, Basically, anyone listening to this podcast has been around the NFL long enough to know that teams don't really try to show a whole lot uh, during the preseason. I, they also, you'd also know that you don't really want to get your best players hurt during the preseason, um, and so that makes me wonder how much that affects the play calling, especially the Colts probably feeling like they that people you know have watched the Philadelphia offense but don't have a great idea of exactly what the Colts want to do because this is a new head coach and a new quarterback and all that stuff. I, I wonder. I wonder what that means for the preseason. I mean, the preseason play calling is usually pretty vanilla anyway. I wonder if it's going to be even more so like that. Uh, I'm also really interested to see like how much Richardson's legs are, are put in play right away um, because I think some of that stuff could be really super creative 
and you don't really want to put a ton of it on tape right away. I also don't know if I was Shane Steichen. I don't know if I'd be calling any Anthony Richardson runs it up the middle stuff now, and I probably will be in the in the regular season. Who knows? Um, but either way, it, it'll be interesting to see him on the field right away. I, I think some of the how the offense develops stuff is is interesting, but probably won't happen in in a way where we can make draw big conclusions until until we get to the regular season. But I, I'm going to be interested to see what they let him do and what they allow him to do. Steichen had an interesting quote today. Um, it's in my story about. Uh, you know, he felt like when he watched the tape at Florida that, that Richardson had a good sense for how to protect himself. So that, that'll be interesting because that, that matters in a preseason game. He, there's no reason for him to – honestly, there's no reason for him to take a hit as a runner in a preseason game. There's just not. If he doesn't have the first down, just lay it down, you know. Yeah, this will be interesting because he also sounded like a guy who's excited to go out there and not have the red jersey on and be completely off limits. I know he was saying he was saying I, I can't wait for that first hit because that's what I know I'm in a football game and I was like, ooh, I wonder if the coaching staff feels the same way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's what's just going to be fun to watch, interesting to watch is that and hopefully, uh, hopefully not risking something. But he is a guy who likes to finds genuine joy in playing, and you've noticed there's been times when he's Genda did it today take off on a scramble and like right as it feels like he's about to get going, they whistle it dead. And I just wonder what he's going to be like in the game when that's not how it's going to be played. And, and maybe, you know, quarterbacks tend to look at that sort of as an infectious possibility too, where they can kind of help show their teammates, like I'm here and this is who I am. So be curious to see that on, on those plays. And then just, I'm really curious just to see what he's like in the drop back pass game when they, you know, when they call these progressions, because early on in camp, we saw a guy who was maybe a little overly patient on that, especially some of the red zone stuff took a little too much time to find the right guy. And then we saw that pick up. But the thing that's never quite been there the same way is the ability to scramble. They've almost sort of engineered this so far with the red jersey to make him only work through passing progressions. And now he's got a progression in there that is run when it's not there. And I'm just curious kind of how, what the trigger's like on that and uh, and how he fits it within the flow of the routes they're running because a lot of this has been building chemistry with the guys around him. And uh, Jim Bob Cooter explained that's why his accuracy and touch looks better is it's understanding the specific ball placement and timing for each individual guy. And I thought Anthony did a good job walking through that today and Alec Pierce did when we talked to him about how they've been working to get that back shoulder throw down uh, because, as Alec laid out, he hadn't worked with a quarterback who could throw it on a straight line trajectory and not lose velocity, have it just keep going. And and you know, and Anthony's working on how Alec likes to turn back at a certain point, uh, based on how he knows how the route's running. So today they hit one down the sideline, and Anthony was happy to finally get one out there like that. So that's going to be the type of stuff I think they're going to try and work on is, uh, you know, less of less of rolling out maybe the most creative and uh, and deceptive parts of the run game, but they're certainly going to try and work on the kind of basic foundation pass stuff that they're going to need to be able to succeed in this league. We've seen a window into it, but this is just going to be another step. Um, one of the other pieces that's going to be interesting to see is if they let Richardson play beyond the starters. So Shane Steichen said that he thought the starters would get about a quarter, um, but then he did say that it was on a case-by-case -case basis. I would be interested, given everything that the team 
has said about whether about Richardson needing to play and play early. I would be interested to see if they allow Richardson to play beyond the starters. Like, you know, a guy like Quentin Nelson, uh, maybe Ryan Kelly, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. These are guys that, like, if it was me, they'd probably be getting, like, maybe two series, maybe one series if it's a touchdown drive, and, and then pulling them. Um, Steichen said a quarter. I, you know, I think with where this team was last year, I, I would understand that, too, if they're going to play a little bit longer. Um, but to me – if you feel comfortable with Richardson's ability to protect himself at uh, running, I might leave him in there longer, even after the start, even after the starter starters get out. The, the case by case for me might be, you know, Richardson stays in after the starters are out. It, I, I'll say this: one of the running backs is going to have to stay in because they don't have any healthy ones. Um, but I, I want to see how long he plays too. That's very interesting. Is does he come out with the starters? Because um, because here's the thing: I, I don't think they need to give what what. They have three quarterbacks on the roster. The way this usually would work with a vet is that, like, the starter would get the least amount of time, and then the next quarterback up or the developmental quarterback would probably get, like, probably the most second going into the third quarter, and then the, the last guys would map up the last part. Well, I don't know that you need to give Gardner Minshew a ton, and so that makes me wonder if if you let Richardson play into the second quarter, even after the starters are out, you give Minshew – maybe a quarter at the like, that's that's split up with like half of the second and half of the third and then you just let Sam Ellinger play the rest of the way. Uh that that interests me is whether or not they're going to do that cuz they they keep saying Richardson needs to play. Well, you can let him get more reps and more experience if he plays beyond the starters. Yeah, that's where having him out there but intentionally limiting the type of design run plays is probably the smartest way to balance that is that they don't want to, like Jim Bob Cooter's talking about, he doesn't want to turn off the playmaking gene within this kid. It's the whole reason they drafted him number four, despite not having the production and experience that normally would get you that spot. So they want to see that. But the part that they can control is what they call for him to, the hits that they're already drawing up for him to take, and that's the run game. So that's where, like, it would be neat to see him out there with second unit and just working on passing plays and, and just working more of that, just the, the repetition that he's been building here in camp but, but needs more of. We'll say one advantage, I guess, because I don't think they do need anything out of Gardner. They don't like to develop anything in him or learn something. The one way I think Gardner will help in some of those other situations with the second team is evaluating the players around him. Is It's just it's nice to have a capable backup, an operational quarterback to – get to see what these receivers and tight ends and god they've got like nine tight ends on the roster so um they're trying to sort through a few of those guys so that that's where i think the value of gardner's reps are more uh but still the, the most important thing is still developing that quarterback so giving him the kind of run he needs is going to be the smart way um tight end position is weird right now because today uh Drew, you had to add Drew Ogletree to the list of everyone that was already out. Moelle Cox was out. Jelani Woods was out. Is already out. Will Mallory's out. Um, basically, Kylan Granson is like the only guy who's like in the mix to make the roster that was actually available. Um, and and so that tight end, they're, they're thin at some spots, which is going to impact this preseason game. Uh, you know, like Ricky Seals Jones, the tight end that they just signed from, uh, they just signed off the street, might have to like play like a whole half even though he has no idea what the offense is because he just got signed. Uh, running back's kind of the same way. Uh, Deion Jackson is dealing with a quad injury. Zach Moss is obviously not there. K- 
Kenyon Drake may have – like, Kenyon Drake hasn't played a ton of 11-on-11 11 11 snaps yet, and he may have come up a little banged up today. I couldn't tell. Um, and obviously Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss are, are out. So there's not a lot of running backs available for, for what usually is a running back heavy um, workload in the preseason. It's Jake Funk season for the uh, for the preseason games. And Evan Hull, I guess. We'll get to see the the rookie, fifth-round rookie out of Northwestern who's looks pretty good so far, but he's going to be the one that I guess you would certainly when they get to the passing game, you'd think that he would get a little bit more run out there. But that is going to be interesting because when I talk about if you're going to play Anthony out there, but you need to not call the design runs for him, well, you need to call it runs for other people. So they got to hope that they can keep enough, enough of these backs out there and that they can be – they can do enough to stay, keep the offense on the field so that they can continue to run plays uh, for the entire team. But this is where uh, preseason's always sort of a test of your depth and a measure of your depth. And we talk so much about Anthony and, and Jonathan Taylor, but the trickle-down effect of, of what Taylor's going through and then everything else on, on where this team's at is a lot of depth questions. So we're going to get to see that on the offensive line, tight end, uh, well, I guess tight ends deep, but they're just so banged up. Running back obviously is is really banged up, and then I think secondary too is where again today no Kenny the secondary Moore. for sure good one no Kenny Moore no Julian Blackman, Ronnie Thomas is back, so that helps. But this is where we should see a lot of Nick Cross. And was Thomas back? Thomas Foley. Back. Uh, I don't know if it's Foley. He was okay. He was he was out there, but I I I didn't think I saw him doing eleven on eleven. I thought it was Cross and and Denbo again. So they I wonder if Thomas right. plays in the game. Yeah, they might be precautionary on that. I talked to Thomas today, but did not. It was more about the upcoming season, right? Um, yeah, that's that's where I just the main guy that I'm interested to see there is Nick Cross because we've heard about how he's kind of been locked in a little bit more of this camp. He's learning three different spots between free safety, strong safety, nickel corner. It's a lot to put on a guy who is 21 years old, but he's diving in on it and I imagine because of the injuries to Julian and if they don't play Rodney at free safety there's a little bit of room to experiment between those without having to fear what the results are without you know it could go badly uh in in a moment and you know it's all about how Nick handles it and learns from it so that's one of those spots that they can really I think develop a guy and then it obviously we've talked about it the whole time but cornerback that spot Right now, that's opposite Juju Brents between Dallas Flowers and Daryl Baker. Uh, that's that's going to be a spot where first first real game setting for them. I know Dallas played a little bit late last year, but those guys have just not really played in NFL settings and against other players. So it's going to be another measure for them too. I'm I'm actually not convinced. I, I think that probably by the end of the preseason, maybe Brents probably wins that. But I don't know if we're there yet. So like, there's a chance, an outside chance. I think that that Flowers and and Baker are your starting cornerbacks in a season opener, which is also interesting. Um, now, I, d- I don't think they're going to see Stephon Diggs on Saturday, unfortunately. That would be a really good test. <laughs> Shane, Steichen, Shane Steichen calling Sean McDermott <laughs> being like, could you just play Diggs like 10 snaps and just like run like five like really deep routes against our corners, yeah, each we, corner? I swear we won't and, hurt and, him. and Sean McDermott's like, yeah, no, go away. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you're going to get that, but uh, – but yeah, no. The the cornerback position is interesting. I, the only reason I say that is that is that Brents has not played with the first team yet, and a lot of that is a function of 
the fact that he's been hurt a lot. But at some point, he's going to have to start taking those reps to take it away from, you know, Flowers and Baker, who both had their issues. Um, you know, Baker's had some trouble with Alec Pierce, specifically on deep routes. Baker's been better on the shorter stuff. Um, Dallas Flowers has had some issues with penalties. Um, and the physicality of Michael Pittman Jr. So there, there's been some issues there. And then and then Brent's, like, he's really only been on the field for a week or so uh, at this point. So that's, I mean, we've, we've talked, we're talking so much about Richardson, but some of these other rookies, we can probably get into that now. Some of these other rookies, this is a big game for Juju Brent's. You know, may, if he has, a, if he has a, a really nice game, who knows? Maybe he's taking those first team reps against the Bears next week. And we get to see some of that. Uh, Josh Downs, to me, uh, that's just probably what I'm – we're kind of doing stuff backwards today. Normally I write my observations and then the story, but I'm doing it backwards because of Anthony Richardson being the starting corner but I, or quarterback. But I, I'm probably going to write about Josh Downs being just Gardner Minshew's favorite target <laughs> today. Um, Josh Downs, to me, seems like he should be the favorite at slot receiver, mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, I think Isaiah McKenzie's more been more, more of a gadget-type player. Um and so Josh Downs is an interesting one. Like, how much does he play? Does he play with the starters? Like, does McKenzie play with the, the receiver thing? The hard part with receivers and, and noticing their playing time in preseason is that they can fudge that. Because um, the coaching staff could be like, oh, well, we were just rotating everybody in for certain packages. But, like, I, to me, I think Downs has been more impressive out here. That's, that's another guy that I'm very interested to see uh, go against the Bills. Yeah, um, some some of these rookies, Darius Rush, Jalen Jones. The coaching staff has started to like D- Jalen Jones lately. The uh, seventh round corner of the Texas A and M. He was playing with the second team today. Um, uh, like some of these rookies have a chance to really make a play for to make the coaching staff feel pretty good about them this weekend. Yeah, I think Downs is a good observation there because he has found chemistry with both quarterbacks so far, Gardner and, and Anthony, and so. Uh, I can see why he'd, he'd fit both of those guys. Anthony, obviously, they, they came in. That was the first guy he threw to, you know, even in the parking lot, waiting for rookie minicamp to start. And then with Gardner, it just fits his style a ton. It's this very kind of safer, short depth of target uh, type of thrower out of the slot. And I, I think that Jim Bob Cooter is going to work that slot to, you know, to compensate for some of the running back injuries because I saw him do that in Detroit uh, with Golden Tate when they needed just short – you know, short pseudo run game essentially. So I think Downs. I think Downs is going to end up starting this year. Uh, and like you said, McKenzie be a little bit more of a gadget player. But yeah, it's it's an opportunity for for Juju Brents to step forward too and take that because I I mostly think it's just a timing thing with him is that he had so long off between the wrist injury and this hamstring that popped up. He said sometime in OTAs. I think he said so that really lingered then for him to miss like the first week or so of training camp and just the conditioning's not there the time running anything since he missed the entire spring hasn't been there yeah the handful the handful of practices he's had here in training camp are the only practices he's had in the nfl so far yeah so it it absolutely is a time thing he has not been on the field very often yeah Um, but ultimately i'm we'll obviously we'll see how they play and i may may change my tune on this i'll be surprised if he's not starting week one in fact when the draft went down i thought he was the one pick they made that was a lock to start this year just because of the investments you know you look at a second round investment at cornerback is huge for this team right now because they have not really invested in any other cornerback outside of a extension for kenny moore and so i just think that unless it would just have to be more that daryl baker and dallas flowers are too good to take off the field and maybe they are maybe that's how it looks 
but they haven't been so far that way. And I just, I, I think, I think Juju needs a runway. But there's, there's a reason they drafted him the second round. They think uh, he's I'm not, I'm not saying that I didn't think that he, that I didn't think that like that was the intention. I'm just saying he hasn't been with the first team yet yeah. so far. Um, he's got to get there. Uh, which, which, like I said, it has a lot to do with it has a lot to do with the fact that it, these are the first four or five practices he's had in an NFL uniform. Um, I, I think that, you know, some there's a chance that some of that stuff might happen after training camp. That's another piece of this is that we're, we're taping this at Grand Park. We only have three more practices here. Uh, there's only three more practices here. There's there's a, a practice next week, and then there's two practices against the Bears, and then we're, we're done um, in Grand Park. And then Nate's going to be in Philly. I, I'm going to Buffalo, and Nate's going to be in Philly. So Nate's got one practice. Um watching the Eagles and then we won't see like 11 on 11 or the teams and stuff after that. Once, once teams go towards their home facility, we usually don't see the rest of the practices. Um, so that there's, there'll be some stuff that happens that's behind the scenes after that. If the content, if the competition continues, I, I really am interested to see though, if they start having Brent take snaps, the first team next week, you know, they, they've kind of eased him in here. Um, and again, I think of that as a lot, a lot of that as a function of these were literally his first NFL practices, which isn't true for some of the other rookies. But against the Bears would be a good time. Be a good time to just throw him in there and see what what happens. Yeah, even if it's on a rotational basis, the way they've been doing with Minshew and Richardson, you know, like just get him in there. Yeah, it's just all these all these things, preseason game, joint practices. They're they're different for all the players, but they're especially different for rookies who've literally – they don't have a baseline yet. They don't have any games that they've played. And like we said for Juju, he's barely even had practices yet. So I think those joint practices will, will really start to separate. So between – we have three preseason games and three joint practices. I think between those six days, uh, we're going to learn a lot about kind of which rookies are ready to play this year, which ones need to play this year. And then there's always a couple you learn are just – it's it's not their time yet, and that's what's interesting about this time of year is it helps sort out the the kind of ready to go and and not ready to go. The hard part is that sometimes you don't find out until two games into the regular season too. Like too. that's that was the thing I was thinking about with Nick Cross is he's gotten a lot of snaps out here. We've seen a lot, but he looked good enough in training camp last year that they started him and played him almost like I think all but like two snaps or something like that against Houston, mm -hmm. and then he played half the time the next week and they didn't play at all the rest of the season, and so. With Cross specifically and with, with some of these other players, especially on defense, I keep thinking like, man, we, we might not know for sure <laughs> until after this. Uh, there's there's some caution there's a cautionary tale in there in terms of what, what to expect from um but Anthony Richardson actually kinda said what you just said about like, you know, somebody asked him today like what do you expect from your first start? And he said, I honestly don't know. Like this will be the first time I'm going <laughs> against somebody that's not Shaq Leonard and Zaire Franklin like I, I don't know um and that's fair like of course he doesn't know what to expect he's he hasn't played in an NFL stadium yet um again I this is this is this is not the same kind of test it would be in the regular season the Bills aren't going to like be doing a whole bunch of fun disguise coverages because they don't want you know the Patriots to see what they're going to disguise during the regular season and that kind of stuff but it is going against a different opponent where you don't it's it's a it's a call it period. Uh, those who've listened to the podcast know before know that's Shane Steichen loves those. That's where you're calling the plays in the huddle the way you would in a regular season game. It's a call it period, but it's going against a defense you don't know. I think was it Jim Bob Cooter the other day that said like at this point 
like we know what we're we know what they're running they know what we're running and we're just kind of banging our heads against the wall yeah the bills are the first chance to stop banging their heads against the wall and kind of get tested in that way and mm-hmm. I, I think the decision making piece for richardson is going to be interested too because early in camp it felt like he took a little too long on a lot of decision making as he's gotten more comfortable in the offense and more comfortable with the defense is doing this the speed has been better in terms of him getting the ball out not holding it on to it too far he did have one today where he got sacked holding the ball on too long mm-hmm. holding on to the ball too long but um it has gotten better now i'll be interested to see as they go against these other defenses over the next couple of weeks does that do we start to see some of that cautiousness and and being unsure of yourself does that come back up as you're looking at a different defense that you're not as familiar with yeah it's a good question and i'm just also curious to see what the physical element is like for him he hasn't been hit yet by an nfl player and I don't know. This would be interesting to see. He seemed excited. Slide, for Anthony. It. Slide would be a good <laughs> idea. Slide. Uh, <laughs> got 17 games. It's a long season. The regular, the regular season. That, that's we a good a, time to get we, hit. We got a late bye week. It's not till November, mid November. So yeah, keeping him upright is going to be important. But I mean, also, there are 16 guys out of practice. 16. Slide. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun to think though that they drafted this kid who's was you know the most athletic quarterback prospect in history and so much of the Anthony Richardson discourse has been about theoretical stuff like how good he could get how explosive he can be how fast he can be how far he can throw it out of the field and we see glimpses in training camp but it's so controlled and watered down and some of that will be true in the preseason but the difference is that the players he's going up against are not his teammates who are trying to pull up easy and just kind of let him slide like these he's going to go up against some guys of the bills they may not be the best players they have but they're guys who are trying to earn spots and that's also true in in joint practices so i'm just kind of curious to see him in that competitive environment see see this kid flow in that way and uh i don't know it's it'll at least be interesting for the couple for the few series that he's out there i was talking about i was talking about this uh with another writer earlier today but Outside of a preseason game against the Chicago Bears in 2019 that I don't want to talk too much about, and I apologize for bringing up, um, the fact that Richardson is starting this game against Buffalo, to me, makes it the most interesting preseason game that I've covered since I started covering the Colts five years ago. And considering that I covered the Saints before that, it's probably the the most interesting preseason game going into it that I've ever covered. So that's, that is interesting. It's a different, like... Just, just being frank, like a lot of these preseason games, when there's a veteran quarterback, you're going into it going, okay, which rookies are we watching? Like, what other positions are we watching? This is this is different. Like, where the quarterback is a rookie, he's taking his first NFL snaps. It's a different. There should be a different anticipation for this preseason game, I think, than than others. Uh, like I said, I I think for me, it's it's the most interesting one I'm covered in the NF in almost a decade of covering the NFL now. Yeah, same here. I don't even know what it would compare to for me because I've always been in that spot where it's been Jay Cutler, Matthew Stafford, and Matt Ryan just waiting to get rookies involved. Uh, so Indy 11 plays loud music if you guys hear that. Do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, just, I, I think that also this team wants to know what Anthony is too. There's a lot of intrigue just within this team of, of receivers, linemen, running backs, Defensive players want to see him out there in this game setting. So it's, it's fun for us to write about and fans to watch, but they want to know too. And that's what, like, that's why 
they're starting him in this game, and I wouldn't be surprised they leave him in with the second team because the coaches have to learn what they can call for him, what he's most comfortable with, what he's not as comfortable with, and just what maybe maybe what extra levels he can take a certain play design to because he's got these athletic traits that don't fit in a box that same way. And how early do those come out? It's like all the stuff that uh, when they go out there on the field in Buffalo, everyone's going to be be just super excited to, to see play out and I don't know I don't know how it's gonna go maybe maybe it ends up just feeling very watered down and we're just like oh okay it's preseason or maybe there's just a couple of moments in there that make us say like wow this is uh this, we're in a very different territory now than uh where we've recently been with this team which has always been you know sort of veteran uh veteran quarterbacks guys we already understood and knew what they were and what they weren't um or last year really with Matt Ryan it's what we thought he was and then he's kind of got old and stopped being but this is more about what can this kid become and how quickly and Saturday is kind of the first glimpse yeah yeah that's that's the hard I think that's the hardest part is that these preseason games are going to be a glimpse more than more than the real thing um you know in terms of in terms of what they do offensively in terms of what Richardson can do um there's just that's just the the reality of it. he's not going to play full snaps he's not gonna be playing against the Bills full defense um He's not going to be playing against their like they're not they're probably not game planning for the Colts in anything more than like a rudimentary way at this point. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that the that the Colts coaches and that that we're going to learn from Richardson once they get to the regular season if he's the starter right away. Which I think I think it's important to say that that this is a, a pretty significant step I think in that direction, letting him start the the, the game against the Bills. What Steichen said about why he wants to do it is he wants to see where he's at, and I think the if if you keep going back to what they've said, it's less. It's it's always been less about who's better at quarterback or who can win like immediately right away. Which, just being frank, like honestly, what I've seen from Minshew doesn't make me think like that would be a big decision anyway. But that's not what it's ever been about. What what Ballard said and what Steichen has sort of said is is like they want to make sure he can handle a game plan more than anything, and so. Can he handle the game plan? Can he handle all the stuff a quarterback has to do on game day? If all that stuff's true, I think this is maybe a sign that that you might see him out there for the opener. Yeah, I I honestly believe that if at this point something has to go wrong in the just that stuff, the basic handling of the game plan, the basic readiness of just taking those play calls and getting everybody lined up and executing and and not being consumed by it. So there is a performance element to it, but less about comparing him to Gardner Minshew, more about comparing him to his own baseline and where this kid needs to be in their theoretical eyes to be the starter in week one in a for a team that is treating this whole year as developmental and building for the future. This is just a very different situation than we were in last year where it was about, you know, they made so many changes in the first seven games last year. Sorry to bring them back up, but <laughs> they did that because – there's this pressure to win and make this year the year they win. And the coaching staff had to win to keep their jobs. And Matt Ryan was here for that year to try to maximize that year. Like this is such a different tone to the entire team right now. And it all goes back to the fact that they have this kid at number five behind center. And the fact that they're going to it already tells me that they think there's a good chance that this is here to stay. They just they kind of need proof of that. They need to they need to call enough for them, design enough situations to be able to see for sure. Like, is this just a world where is this a roller coaster we're ready to ride on yet? And 
you know, their their way to measure that is going to be less about what was his stat line versus Gardner Minshew's and much more about can we can we work this way? Can we devise a game plan on a weekly basis and trust this kid to run it, even if the results aren't perfect? And then Saturday will be a good test of that. I'll be in Buffalo. I'm flying there tomorrow. I'll be in Buffalo to, to, uh, to cover the game. Nate's going to be covering it from home. Uh, you're going to get to see um, – you can see the Colts the, the, for the first time. Uh, obviously, you won't see, you know, some of the players are, are hurt, but this is this is the first chance to see the Colts. Um, the first preseason game also sort of adds a um, – I feel like the preseason kind of kicks off a little bit. Like the, the training camp kind of – kind of you start to kind of hurdling towards the regular season after this first preseason game. It's the – the, the the first couple weeks of training camp that we just went through, you're just kind of setting the table, trying to get a baseline for what you've seen so far. After the first preseason game, at least the way the Colts preseasons have worked recently, tra- training camps have worked previously, like there'll be a joint practice next week, there'll be another preseason game, Nate's got another joint practice. Like the stuff that the stuff that they really care about the most is is coming now. They, the the foundation is set, the baseline is set. Now we get to start really, you know, kind of putting the screws on players and seeing seeing where they're at. So we'll have it all and covered. Also, in, what's kind of nice is just to get to actual football stuff because so much of this training camp has been covering things that have been kind of off the field. Uh, Jonathan Taylor and uh, the situation the franchise has been in with him, which is a huge storyline. So we've covered it so much, and and people are reading the heck out of it. But at some point, I know it's it's worn on everybody else with around the team, players and, and fans I've seen it too, of just like – it's gotten away from football, and so this is sort of like a recourse a little bit, at least for – We'll call it half football. Half football. That's we'll what I'm saying. It's a, half a version of it, a, a water – I don't know, a, a JV version of, of football. But it's something more Jamboree, than – Jamboree-style NFL football. Yeah. Yeah, some kind of backyard version of it. Like like when you yeah, – did you guys do the Jamborees in Ohio? Mm-hmm. Where you get everybody together and you, like, run ten plays against, like, four different teams? Yeah. That's almost – like, I, they actually should do that. Can we do that instead of the preseason? <laughs> Can we get, like, five NFL teams in the same spot? And uh, instead of, a, like, a game, you get, like – like, how about you just get three nights where you go against another division? So it's like you get ten plays against the Packers, Lions, Bears, uh, Vikings, and then you switch to the East – and like you just keep getting like ten snaps against each of those teams, it just runs in and out, and you never know who's going to be on the field. Like, let's do that. Can we do it? I think we should do NFL jamboree instead of NFL preseason. It's kind of fun. Like we have joint practice and just like multiply it by like eighteen. Yeah, just make it spot. live. Yeah, you just put everybody in there and make it live. And you know you can do whatever you want. If you want to, if you don't want to play your starter, that's fine. If you only want to play him against one team, that's also fine. Like. Let's do that. Let's. I, who do I speak to about this? Who like do I need to talk to? Like, is this a is this a Goodell thing? Like, do I who do I need to talk to about NFL Jamboree? Yeah, maybe you go to the owners' meetings next year and pitch this in the form of a question. Yeah, I'll just float it. <laughs> I'll just float it as like a uh, as a you know first thing. Just be like, if you guys consider changing up the preseason at all? You know, like you can do the Hall of Fame game. That's fine. I get the tradition there. But then the first week, let's do Jamborees <laughs> instead. I mean, I don't know how the locker room situation works. That's that's not my job. My job is being idea man, <laughs> and my idea is to bring like five NFL teams there, and do like a round robin where you do ten plays against each. I think that's way more fun than a preseason game. 
It is. I came up with this literally just now on this podcast, and now I'm super excited about it. You just need to prove to them that this is going to make a lot of money, and the NFL will be all about it. I bet the I bet the ratings would be better. Don't you think? Probably. Like if you got the NFL Network and you were like six fan or five fan bases, all like this is your chance to watch your team for the first time, and you have to watch the whole thing. That's the other thing is like so in a preseason game. Man, I'm getting so excited about this. this is Ever. So in a, in a preseason game, what usually happens is people watch the first like half or so, and then as soon as all the players are out that they know, they kind of quit watching and stop paying attention. In Jamboree football, that's not the case. You don't know when your team is going to play against other teams. Oh. So you have to watch all the way to the end. The only way you can turn it off early is if you're the team that plays the first th- four times. And then see, even then they should space it out so that you have to watch the whole way. Yeah, like that, this your, is this you is my your thing. first two sets of ten plays, and then you have to wait like three hours to play. The you next. have to watch. All, you, you gotta like. I mean, you, you maybe you have to get up, but you can't turn it off because you don't like. You just don't tell them. Like that's the other thing. If you're gonna do this jamboree thing, don't tell the viewing audience when which teams are gonna be on there. Yep. Because you'll get the you'll get the ratings all the way through. Because like you're a Packers fan and you're sitting there and you're like, oh man, we already played the Colts and now we're sitting. Do I have time to walk away? Well, they might play the Bears next. Are they, you know, play another team next. <laughs> this is the best idea. This is the best preseason idea I've ever had. Yeah, they'll they'll tell all the coaching staffs exactly when they're going to play, but they're sworn to secrecy because they cannot cannot mess up the ratings. Plus, you get like keep you there. Well, it doesn't work as well in the NFL because you can kind of make all the systems kind of look the same. But like at the high school level, when you did this, you'd play like a wing T team for ten plays, and then the next one you'd play like a spread team. Like I think, I think my senior year jamboree, I played like three different positions in the defense just because we played three different systems. Like, yeah, how do harder, we? I, I don't think NFL, that'll work in the preseason. But it'd be kind of fun to go. Like, if we're playing defense, you got to go from like, all right, here's ten plays against Matthew Stafford and the Rams, and here's ten plays against Lamar Jackson. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Like, let's yeah, just switch it up. You got to be willing to go with full. You never know. You may be in the middle of a game and someone just brings in a Lamar Jackson. That sounds realistic. If you could get the starting quarterbacks out, I'd almost be ready to make the jamboree. Like you can hit everybody except live, except for the quarterbacks. Oh yeah, then teams might agree with it. This is a genius idea. Cannot hurt our. This is a fantastic idea. I see zero. I see zero reasons to not do this. Zero downside. <laughs> None whatsoever. And also, when you pitch it to Roger, make sure you say that zero downside. Don't even ask. <laughs> like. No, I, this is a this is amazing. I like it. It's this is like this is like it's like major league spring training except where there's, there's like twelve teams in one area except you condense it into one night. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. From my lips to Roger Goodell's ears, this has been the Colts Cover Two podcast. Joel A. Erickson, Nate Atkins. I'm covering a preseason game on Saturday, but I really wish it was a jamboree. Mm, someday, man. Really wish it was a jamboree. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast 
set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.